the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. It is recorded in the book of John that Jesus once said, If he is lifted up, he will draw all people unto himself. Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension are all linked to this glorious exaltation, and it is a call made to the entire world. No class, social status, race, or gender is excluded from this declaration. That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. These two letters, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, were written to a church in the city called Thessalonica. And as we learned last week, these people believed in the second coming of Jesus Christ. But what we're looking at is this idea that if Jesus could come back at any minute, how should we be living this minute? Now last weekend, for those of you that were here, we learned that one of the things that we should be doing while we're waiting is that we should be setting an example. And Paul writes that this church, that they were a model church to uh, to everyone in Macedonia and, and to the churches all over the world in three areas. Number one, they were resilient. They never gave up in the midst of persecution. Number two, the gospel was ringing out from there. And number three, it was a repentant church. And so we looked at last week that our church should have those same three traits. We should be setting example. We should be resilient. The gospel should ring out from here. And we too should be repentant. Amen. Amen. Today we come to chapter 4. In chapter 4, Paul addresses a delicate topic. While we're waiting, we should be sexually pure. Chapter 4, verse 1. I want to look at these words. He says, finally, brothers, we instructed you, we commanded you on how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are doing. Now, We're going to urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. Now, he's urging them. He's instructing them. He's commanding them to do what? Point number one, write this down. He's telling them that you need to strive to please God, not yourself. You see, at the moment you got saved, the moment you gave your life to Christ, there should have been a monumental shift in your attitude and in your actions towards God. And the shift is this. Instead of living your life to please yourself, you should now be living your life to please God. Now, there are 168 hours in a week, all right? 168, God just gives that to you. Now, right now, this moment, this hour, I know where you are. You're in church, because I can see you. 
Now, and I, and I got to tell you, you could have been a million other places, but you came to church. And when you walked in here today, I want you to know this. That was pleasing to God. Because this one hour that you're here, I believe you're focused on Him. I believe you're honoring Him. You came in here, you are worshiping Him. You are praying to Him. You're going to give an offering that goes to Him. You're living your life pleasing Him. But this is only one hour of the 168. What I want to know is what are you doing the other 167 hours? That's what I want to know. And you're either living those hours for yourself or you're living those hours for God. Listen to me. You really can't do both. You can't go out and live for yourself on Friday night and then come to church and live for God on Saturday night. That is hypocritical. And you should not be doing that. And you ought to live your life to please Him. Write this down. Just out of respect. Just out of respect for who He is and for all that he has done for you. I mean, after all, he is God. And you, well, how shall I put this? You're not God. He is the creator of the universe. Well, the only thing you ever create is a mess. He is the sustainer of life. Listen, you can't live one hour in this life without him sustaining you. And he provides for you in this life and in the life to come. Just think about all that he's ever done for you. I mean, seriously, folks, he created you. And then he gave, you ever looked up and seen the stars? He put those up there for you. The sun that keeps you warm, he put that in the sky for you. He gives you air to breathe. He gave you a heart that you can experience love. He gives you dogs that can bark and cats that can meow. He gave you mountains that are majestic. He gave you oceans that are vast. He gave you trees that can provide shade. He gave you flowers that bring forth beauty. He gives you, think about this, every single day of your life. He gives you food to eat, water to drink, and air to breathe. God does that for you. I mean... I mean, I mean, just out of respect, you ought to live your life to please him. I haven't even talked about the fact that he gave you a Bible, and he gave you the church, and he gave you a family, and he gave you the Holy Spirit, and he gave you salvation, and he's providing heaven for you. When you put all that together, just out of respect, you ought to live your life to please him. Now... Now look at the last part of verse 1. I want to look, I want to look at it again. I read it. I want, to, I want to slow it down. It says, now we ask, we ask, oh, scratch ask. I'm not going to ask you. I'm urging you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more and more. To do what? Well, what are we talking about? We're talking about pleasing God. And this is not just out of respect. This is out of a relationship. You should be pleasing God because you're in the Lord. You ought to be pleasing Him more and more and more. Doesn't that just make sense? Because you're a Christian, because you're saved, because you have a relationship with God's Son, it shouldn't be a see how little I can do to get by. 
It ought to be, what can I do and what, how much can I do more and more and more? I just want to please God. Serving God moves from being a drudgery to a delight if you have respect and reverence for God and you have a relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. Listen, if you have respect for God and you have a relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ, you can't wait to get to church. I can't wait to get to church. I can't wait to sing. I can't wait to give. I can't wait to volunteer. I can't wait till we sing those songs. I can't wait till we praise God. Sin? No way I'm going to sin. I want to please my God, my Father, more and more and more and more and just live my life, whatever it is, just to please Him. Second thing he says is that sanctification is a process. Sanctification is not a one-time thing. It's a gradual thing. Justification is instantaneous. It's immediate. Justification is when you gave your life to Christ, you get saved, and you get saved like that. But the sanctification process, it takes place over time. And it's where God, he's got to knock off all the rough edges in your life. Sometimes, you know, he uses trials and hardships. Sometimes he uses a friend. Sometimes he uses the Bible. Uh, for some of you, it's going to be a sermon that you hear. Uh, for some, it's the Holy Spirit. God, God, God has all kinds of ways to bring you through this sanctification process. But he's got to somehow uh, get you to be like his son, Jesus Christ. Now, some of you got saved you still had areas of disobedience. Some people got saved. They didn't know they weren't supposed to cuss anymore. They didn't know that. And I will tell you right now, if you're a Christian, you should not be cussing. All kinds of people got saved, and and they didn't realize that there were certain areas of sin in their life that they had to turn from and and give that up. they got to start telling the truth now. They've got to be honest now. and They they have to set a good example now, and and they've got to stop clubbing on Friday nights now. They, they, They didn't know all that, okay? They got saved, but over a period of time, and sometimes it's a week for some people to learn, sometimes it's a month, sometimes it's a year, sometimes it takes a lifetime for you to learn. But according to verse 3, look at verse 3 in your Bibles, it says, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, and that word sanctified means to be made holy. You're not holy immediately. It's a process. It is God's will for you to be made holy. You say, well, what is, what is God's will for my life? This is it. You don't have to go to seminar. You don't have to go buy some books on knowing the will of God. You certainly cannot plead the fifth any longer. And you can't say that no one ever told you again. It is God's will, according to verse 3, for you to be sanctified, for you to become holy, for you to become like Christ. Now, I'm going to read some verses to you real quick. I'll put them on the screen. 1 John 3, verse 3. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance before you were a Christian. Verse 15. Just as he who called you is holy, 
so you be holy in all that you do. And verse 16 says, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 12, set an example for all the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Go back to verse 3 in your text. Look at verse 3. Look at verse 3. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should be made holy, and that you should avoid sexual immorality. I want you to write this down in your notes. It is God's will that you should avoid sexual immorality. Now, don't just write that down in your notes. Write that down on the door of your heart. That's where you need to write that down. There's the Greek word, that word, sexual immorality, is a Greek word. Write this Greek word down. It's the word porneia. Porneia, P-O-R-N-E-I-A. Now, my guess is most of you recognize the first four letters of that word. That word would be the root word of pornography, Graphy, graphic images of porn, graphic images of porneia is what the word means. It's pictures. Uh, porneia or pornography are pictures of porneia. It's pictures of sexual immorality. But the word porneia covers all kinds of sexual uh, activity that occurs outside the will of God would be porneia. You see, it was in God's mind, His will, the Bible explains, that, that it should be one man who keeps himself pure and one woman who keeps herself pure. This was the plan. And that on their wedding night, they would come together and that they would become husband and wife and that sexual intimacy would take place under the, under the guidelines of marriage. Porneia is any type of sexual activity outside those guidelines. So it would be fornication, it would be adultery, it would be homosexuality, it would be bestiality, it would be uh, prostitution, it would be uh, pedophilia, it would be pornography, that would cover under, under, underneath that description. It covers anything outside the will of God, anything other than a husband and a wife on their wedding night. The key word, I want you to circle it, is the word avoid. That's the key word, avoid. I'm going to tell you what the Greek word for avoid, what it means. The Greek word for avoid means avoid. It means stay away from it. Run from it. Flee from it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't engage. Don't participate. Don't do it. Stay away. Run. (laughs) Ephesians 5 verse 3 says this. There should not even be a hint of sexual immorality. Avoid it. Run from it. Shouldn't even be a hint of it. Pornography, pornography. Avoid it. Avoid it. Should not even be a hint of it in your life. If you're engaged in a relationship where there's sexual immorality involved, 
in that relationship. You need to run away from that. You need to, there shouldn't even be a hint of that. You say, well, preacher, how am I going to do that? You need to learn how to control your own passions. You've got to learn how to do this. And you can do it. Verse 4, that each of you should learn. I want you to circle that word learn. See, that's, a, that's kind of a key word there because it's a process. You have to learn how to control your own body. That would be your nose, your eyes, your ears, your hair. You've got to learn how to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Verse 5, not, not in passionate lust like the heathen. Who are the heathen? They're the ones who do not know God. Now the world, they have a motto, if it feels good, do it. The world says, if you want to sleep around, sleep around. If the world says, you want to fool around, fool around. The world, says you can, the world says, you can watch whatever you want to watch. The world says, it's okay to live together before you get married. That's okay. And I understand if you are not a Christian. I get it. I don't have a, I understand. If you're not a Christian and you are living in sin or you're engaged in sexual immorality, I get that. That's what the world does. Because they don't know God. Paul is saying, if you're a Christian, if you are a Christian, things need to change. He's telling us, God is telling us that we need to control our own bodies and not our bodies controlling us. Listen to me. God would never command you to do something that you're not capable of doing. He would never, He never asks us to do something that we're not capable of doing. You see, I understand that there's a battle between the Spirit of God and the flesh. Because once you got justified, God put His Spirit inside of you, but that sanctification process continues on. You got the Holy Spirit living in you, so you got the Spirit and you got the flesh. And man, they fight all the time. What God wants and what you want. There's that struggle, that tension. It's every day. I understand that. What God wants and what the flesh wants. But guess what? You get to decide who wins. You decide. Are you going to follow the instructions of the world? Or are you going to follow the instructions of God? God says to avoid it. You, you get to cast the deciding vote. Look again at verse 3. Look at it one more time. It says, it is God's will. It is God's will that you uh, should be sanctified. You should be, you should be uh, becoming more, more and more like Jesus. And he says, avoid, avoid sexual immorality. That's your choice. I want you to look at verse 6 quickly. Look at verse 6. It says, in this matter, what matter? Well, the matter of sexual immorality. No one should wrong his brother or take advantage of another. And this is in the Bible. 
It says that the Lord will punish men for all such sins as we've already told you and warns you. In other words, write this down in your notes. Lead no one off the course of what God has called you. You see, usually any type of sexual immorality, it takes, I think you'll know what I'm talking about, it takes two to tango. And for the person who leads another person off course, according to what we just read, the Lord is going to punish such a person. And what that says to me is that the producer of pornography, the one who films it, the one who distributes it, the one who sells it, the one who leads another one off the course, the way I read this, God's going to punish that person. And the man or the woman that leads another person to commit sexual immorality, according to the Bible, God said, I'm going to punish that person. There's some guys here, you talked you talk to your girlfriend and living with you. There's some girls here, you talked to your boyfriend and living with you. Listen, don't be mad at me, and listen to this, don't be mad at God. Because God knows what's best for us. Look at verse 7. For God did not call us to be impure, but call, God called us to what? To live a holy life. Oh, look at verse, I love verse 8. Therefore, he who, he who rejects this instruction does not reject Dudley. But you reject God who gives you the Holy Spirit. Don't be mad at God. Don't reject these instructions. Instead, write this down. Live out. Live out your calling. See, he finishes on a positive note. Live out God's calling. Please God. Please God more and more. God has called you to be sanctified. God has called you to be holy. God has called you to avoid, avoid sexual immorality. Live out that calling upon your life. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. The secret to overcoming any obstacle you are facing today is revealed through one of the most extraordinary victories ever recorded in the Bible, the Battle of Jericho. Joshua and the Israelites followed God's unusual plan to walk around the heavily fortified walls of Jericho for seven days. The Lord promised that at the end of those seven days, He would cause the walls of that famed city to fall. 
allowing his people to take possession of the promised land. In his book, Walls Fall Down, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shows us how the seven spiritual principles in this story are available for all of us today. You will learn how the foundation behind Joshua's victory is the key to overcoming your own hurdles and unsolvable issues. When you choose to do things God's way, walls crumble, victory replaces defeat, and a blessed future unfolds. Pastor Dudley's book, Walls Fall Down, is available for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This invaluable resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Discover how your personal Jericho battle is no match for the power of an awesome God. Call us right now and receive your copy of Walls Fall Down by Pastor Dudley Rutherford today. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.